You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, we're back. It is Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. Thank you guys all for being with us. We hope Raider Nation is in a good mood. It is football time game on Thursday, the Raiders and the Jaguars in Canton, Ohio. We're going to talk about that in the last segment, but we'll also obviously do a full game preview with the latest uh, coming out of Henderson and out of Canton, actually, as the team flies tomorrow, Wednesday, excuse me, flew today, Tuesday, to Canton, Ohio to prepare for Thursday's game. They're already there, so we will talk about that and get to you uh, the latest and the greatest. So that'll be like our preview show coming up on Thursday. Uh, but the rest of this show, we'll get to the rest of the news. Mo, a lot of stuff I want to talk about. i got to take my sheet out here because there's so much stuff going on in camp. But a couple things. Uh, news from camp. Injuries, of course. Every team has injuries. Uh, some are more significant than others. Uh, Kyler Fackrell uh, out for the season. That was their kind of third edge rusher. Chandler Jones has missed four practices in a row as of Monday. And uh, 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 Fackrell is, I think, to me, a, a big loss because they were kind of counting on him to come in and, and be a bolster to that. Now, of course, you have Jones, you have Crosby, uh, but his injury is one that people were kind of concerned about. Here's what McDaniel said about that injury and what it means for the Raiders heading into week one of the preseason. Yeah, um, you know, any any time we lose a player to injury reserve, it's a loss. Um you know, and, and uh, but you have 90 guys on the roster that are all competing um, for this reason, you know, and, you know, football is a, a physical game and a contact sport. And so there's going to be some of these things that happen along the way. And I think the most important thing, you know, we can do is number one, get him back to health. And then, you know, secondly, we just, you know, we have to, we can't stop at any point in time during the course of training camp or the regular season to feel sorry for ourselves. And, and we don't, you know, our group's, you know, really competitive. Um, those guys have been working really hard and um, we have depth at that position. And, you know, we're going to see how it plays out over the course of training camp. But guys have stepped up, you know, and, you know, in the, um, you know, in some of the absences we've had already um, and they have opportunities, you know. So um, if, an, if somebody goes down with an injury, that certainly presents an opportunity for others. And hopefully some of those guys will take advantage of it. All right, Bo, taking advantage of a Kendall Vickers, Malcolm Kuntz, Jerry Green getting the snaps. They are not Chandler Jones uh, or uh, Kyler Frackle, Fackrell, excuse me. Um, how big of a loss is that for the Raiders? I think it's a moderate loss. A lot of people are not going to make a lot of noise about Fackrell. Uh, they don't know too much about him, but he played under Patrick Graham with the Giants. Mm-hmm. I believe he had a 10 and a half sack season a few years ago. So he, he knows the system. He can get you production in a designated pass rushing role. Not having him is a, is a blow to me because if Crosby or Jones go down with an injury, 
who's going to be your starting edge to fill in the void. So I think they need a third guy and they are a proven third guy. I know a lot of fans are high on Malcolm Coots and I think Malcolm Coots can fill in a role. But I'm always of the belief that you have a veteran along with a young guy just in case the young guy doesn't pan out how you think and you can get a veteran to just get you those snaps, fill in snaps immediately without worrying about, okay, is, is he in the right position? No, that guy usually knows where he has to be. It's a matter of can he make the plays at his age? And I'll throw out a sizzling hot take right now. Uh-oh. I think the Raiders should call Jason Pierre-Paul. Jason wow. Pierre-Paul played under Patrick Graham with the Giants in 2016-2017. Patrick Graham was the D-line coach there, so he played directly under Graham, who was his position coach, and he's mm. a free agent right now. He's working out in Florida. Uh, he's a native of Florida, so he said, according to Josina Anderson of CBS Sports, he's going to take his time picking his new team, and I think mm. the Raiders would be a good fit for him. He's played in four-man fronts. He's played in odd-man fronts, so he has the versatility. Yes, he is 32, 33 years old, but if he can get you five, six, seven sacks and a designated pass rushing as a third guy, I think that's what you would want out of your veteran pickup at on the edge. It's a that's an intriguing suggestion, Mo. I think that uh, if if the Mostradamus Globe is out, then maybe uh, maybe they make that move because you're right, and that's the thing that I didn't understand with some of the the reaction to the Fackrell loss. People are like, oh yeah, whatever. He was an upgrade. Okay, so yes, Malcolm Koontz. I know he's a young player. Fans like him. Uh, and he's got potential, but that's potential. That's not a veteran in a system that they're familiar with, number one. Kendall Vickers, we know what Kendall Vickers is. Good ball player, but Fackrell was an upgrade to all of those guys. And listen, with the with Chandler Jones, and we don't know his status now, I'm not freaking out about it. It's early with veterans. Uh, you want them to get healthy for the regular season anyway. Uh, and he, at his age, too, and the, the mileage he's had on him, I think it's smart to keep him out, even if he's just got a little bit of soreness or whatever it is bothering him. We don't know what it is, but I, I, that's a smart move to me. But you look at him, you look at Jerry Green, nothing to write home about either. So so uh, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul signing would be a good one, but this team, I think, is going to um, um, have to address that offensive line position that we talked about first, I think. But, but they have the money to go out and make the moves. Um, Mo, the other thing I want to talk about, too, with this is some of the other positions that we've been keeping an eye on. At linebacker, we haven't talked a lot about it. Micah Kaiser gone for the year, injured. It's been his problem in the NFL, right? Good young player, too. I really liked him coming out of college, uh, but he just can't stay on the field. He gets injured. We saw reports from camp that he was carried out, stretchered out, and that didn't look good. And sure enough, they put him on IR uh, on Monday, you have Denzel Perryman, Jayon Brown, of course, and Divine Diablo, but they are going to have to do something there too because um, um, they're, they they need more bodies, right, at linebacker. I, I think Kenny Young is probably going to soak up some reps. Uh, my soup, my uh, my sleeper, and he's been my sleeper for months now. People are just now starting to pick up on this. Just saying. I think Darian Butler is going to make the 50-man roster, and I think he's going ah. to contribute. You know, a lot of people are just now picking need him up to. on it. I've been saying it again. Let let me say this again. I've been saying that for months now that Darian Butler is going to make the 50-man mm. roster. This is before Micah Kaiser's injury. This is before anything was going on. I just think Darian Butler is, is going to be a good fit because you need that hybrid-type player who can possibly play in the middle of the field, maybe be a big nickel safety uh, or a linebacker. So I, I think with that, with their linebacker group, they'll probably maybe add a guy or two, but I think behind Jayon Brown, Denzel Perryman, and Devon Diablo, Darian Butler and Kenny Young are going to have the most increased opportunities. I think Darian Butler is the guy to watch at camp. 
Yeah, and, and you did call him out. I think you called him out on one of your columns, too, if I recall. Maybe I'm wrong. But I, I, yes, track. on columns, shows. Ever, ever <laughs> I would say back since April, I was like, Darian Butler yeah. is the undrafted, free agent, undrafted rookie free agent who's going to make the Raiders roster. Yeah, and I, they need him to step up now too. Obviously, with the with the injury, um, let's go to safety where maybe you weren't as correct um, based on the buzz coming out of camp, which is Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Morig. We weren't we weren't concerned with 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 Morig. Um, they're getting the majority of the snap reports with uh, Duron Harmon, a great pickup as well, getting kind of that third rotational safety. Um, 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 time in in camp so that's where it is now again a lot can change over the next couple weeks but it's good to hear that abrams is is actually doing well and that they are are staying on the field unlike the leatherwood situation where he's been moving around he's sometimes there sometimes not it sounds like jonathan's actually stepped up seems to be grasping that patrick ram system pretty well and performing well too Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, the difference there is that Jonathan Abram has clear strengths and weaknesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't was still in the early part of his career. We don't know what he could be and what his absolute strengths are. But with Jonathan Abram, we know he needs to be close to the line of scrimmage. He doesn't need to be in space or 10, 10, 15 yards from the line of scrimmage. So as long as they keep him in the box or close to the box, close to the line of scrimmage, going downhill, I think he'll be fine. With Daron Harmon, regardless of where he is in rotation, I think he's still going to get reps as a third safety in the big nickel formation. If they if they don't have a slot cornerback and they Hobbs out there, I can see Daron Harmon being the fifth defensive back. You also yeah. had dime packages where you got six defensive backs on the field. So he'll still get those snaps. But right now, obviously, it's Merrick and then it's um, Jonathan Abram getting most of the snaps of safety, which is kind of what you want to see from your two first and second round picks from recent years. Yeah, no doubt. They also let's let's go to uh, actually. Yeah, let's go to running back running back. Raiders went and signed Austin Walter. He comes to the Raiders, was on the Jets and San Francisco practice squads last year, appeared in four games with the Jets and had a career high 26 carries for 100 yards and a touchdown camp body. Right. I mean, this is a guy just bringing in Zamir White uh, was back at practice. Seems like he's whatever was bothering him. And for a, a college guy coming in, man, getting banged up the first few days uh, and, and, and all the workouts, uh, obviously back. What do, we, what do we think with that running back? We've seen Kenyon Drake. Sounds like he's doing really well. Of course, Josh Jacobs. What do you think about Zamir White? I mean, we talked about him being a practice squad guy more than likely, um, but he's one of those guys, too, the fans are really behind and want to see out there on the field. Hopefully he gets some reps uh, uh, on Thursday and in the coming weeks. So I think Zamir White will probably get second half reps or carries. It's not going to be much of a factor at the beginning of the season. It's usually hard for a rookie player to miss time and then take on a big role early in the season. So the pecking order is going to be Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, and Brendan Bowling getting most of the snaps at running back. Drake and Bowling is going to, are going to handle most of the pass catching responsibilities with Josh Jacobs getting 12 to 15 carries per game. But Drake is the guy, again, I'll reiterate this again. I think Drake is the guy that's going to perform a lot better than people think because he's going to get you know, five to eight carries a game, and he's going to get a lot of targets. 
going to be very much involved in that offense. So he's the guy I would circle as the guy I could exceed expectations. But Zamir White, it's going to take him a while. Yeah, it is. Uh, but anyway, that's that's good. They got they got a nice room there and some depth, which is which is which is fantastic for this team heading into the preseason. All right, we'll switch to defensive backs. Mo, I've been a little surprised. We've heard a little bit, but it's been really quiet as far as um, evaluating. You you hear a couple plays that are made, and you hear the beat reporters tweet out so and so made a nice defense against uh, um, Devonte Adams or against Hunter Renfro, but we're not hearing a lot about the actual performance of that that young defensive back core. Uh, but the media did ask, in his last press conference, did ask uh, McDaniels about that group and the competition there, and here's what Very he Very competitive, um, you know, mature, uh, smart, you know. Uh, they, they, they certainly have added uh, an element of, of toughness and, comp- and competition to our group, which is great. It's what we wanted to do in every room. Um, you know, and right now, it, you know, they're 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 doing anything and everything, you know, that they can to earn opportunities and more opportunities. So, um, I think that group's been very competitive in practice. You know, we've had some back and forth with the receivers. Um, you know, some days the receivers may get the better of them. Some days they don't. You know, and and so uh, the competition across the ball and at that position has been good. And I think we've enhanced it with those guys. So it's preseason for us here, too. So I kind of led that clip in the wrong way. He was talking about the, de- the defensive backs, the veterans added, the Rocky Sins and so on. And so, Mo, he talked there, too, about the, the presence that those veterans have had back there, uh, which was key and good to hear. But what do you make of the fact that there's out of all the positions on the field that and this was a big question mark. This is a big thing for the Raiders to get that defensive backfield in shape. We're not hearing much. I like that we're not hearing much because what grinds my gears sometime in the preseason when we hear too much of the hype. Yeah. Oh, Brent, Brian Edwards. It's not a shot at anybody because I, I Levi Edwards is my guy. And I don't <laughs> think he's, he may, he may have may not started this, but I remember Brian Edwards being compared to T.O. and Randy Moss. Remember that? He was <laughs> supposed to be I do. that guy. And, and what did it turn into? Not much. So I, I don't read into, again, when it comes to preseason and offseason reports, I don't really start paying attention until about this time, late July, early August. Mm-hmm. And with Josh McDaniels not talking up his cornerbacks, I don't even think that's a sign of worry. I think that's good because you don't want to give too much to these young guys who still have a lot to prove, by the way. Trevon Mullen, I know who, who I know is hurt right now. Rock Yassin, Anthony Averett, those guys have a, even Nate Hobbs. He's only going to his second year. It's a young group. So you don't want to fill their head up with too much praise and, oh, they're looking great. Oh, this could be the next Champ Bailey. This could be the next Charles Woodson. Don't do any of that. Just let those guys put their head down and grind. Let them show it on the field. Well, and, and I, thought, I thought that that was a brilliant answer by McDaniels, too, because the question was about the veterans there. But obviously the media is reading the room. And I'm sure the coaches, and if you've watched the previous press conferences over the last two weeks, actually, they're not really talking a lot about the young guys. They're really focusing on those veterans. It's a smart move by the team for the point you just made. And so I like that as well. It's going to be interesting to see. We'll see on Thursday night how some of those guys perform. And I think we'll know a little more for our own eyes where they stand as far as uh, how they're progressing uh, and if they need to be where they need to be for the beginning of the season. All right, now, before we head to the break, I want to get into one last thing about training camp, and that's Derek Carr. 
Uh, we talked last time about what Derek Carr needed to work on, and that was really just ball protection, right? It was not fumbling the ball. It's been a problem for Derek Carr through his, through his career. Everything else has been okay. But, but the focus thing that we talked about last show as well as being the biggest difference and I think the, the, the most important thing that Josh McDaniel and his staff have done around, um, around this team and getting them prepared for this season is really that focus uh, on always being ready, always making the right decisions, not making pre-snap penalties, not making bad choices that get your teams into trouble. That's where the Raiders have gotten into trouble the last couple of years. So Derek Carr talked a little bit about that. And well, we'll I can talk about now. Josh, and I know Josh has emphasized the heck out of that, you know, how, uh, you know, fumbled snaps, picks, fumbles, uh, penalties, offense, defense, special teams, um, how, how, uh, how fundamentals uh, come into play um, on those things and how we drill those things. And, you know, the fundamentals of things is something that we work um, really hard at something that we do a lot of uh, here in uh, in this I guess system you know in all three phases and uh, hopefully that'll result into what he's saying that happening for us hope so um, you know there's been times where I'm like dude no way <laughs> you know and uh, and and hopefully one of the things is like hey if they're if that's the case then we need to work ten times harder at it and so we it's really been emphasized on fundamentals making sure we can the penalties that we can't eliminate, um, especially the mental ones, the pre-snap ones, all those kind of things, uh, it's really been a huge emphasis with with Josh and our and our coaches. There you go, right? And and you talked about it last time too, which was this idea that you have to focus on that. The idea that the Raiders are not victims. The second half of that clip was a question where he was asked about the Raiders being the most penalized team, kind of insinuating that they get some calls on them that they don't deserve, which is true happens to a lot of teams as well but in this case Carr refocuses on hey we have to I mean I think he said fundamentals four or five times in that clip right and the point is that Derek Carr even the words coming out of the players mouths you can kind of sense the culture and what's happening in the building Mo by how these guys talk and the phraseology they use because they're hearing it in the classroom every day and they're hearing it on the field every day and now you're hearing it with the quarterback details focus not losing the game on your own account because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of these football games and i've watched plenty of them a lot of times it comes down to the end and the team beats itself with a penalty and that's what i was talking about last week's show now a, little, a lot of people listening to this are going to send me their paragraphs about ethical skeptic <laughs> or what his research said and i and believe me i remember because i'm the coach of the show so i remember who had that report <laughs> and presented that data but my point is that the Rays are trying to eliminate the unnecessary penalties yes you're right. going to have calls that go against you that are that are deemed unfair and you may look at it as a slight against the Raiders but as you said it happens to every team maybe happen to Raiders more than any other team but what you're trying to focus on are not the judgment calls but the, the penalties that you can definitely eliminate and Derek Carr alluded to that at the podium the pre-snap things the mental errors that's what you're trying to eliminate that's what you can control as far as some of the pass interference and holding calls you know that's a judgment call by the referee but the false starts you know, the botch snaps, you can fix that. And that has nothing to do with the ref- what the referee is doing or what the other team is doing, which you're doing in the building and practicing and getting over those mistakes and make sure it's a smooth, well-oiled machine. Yeah, but Mo, didn't you see Max Crosby held on every play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, of course. That's and, that's what they're going to answer back. That's what they're going to say back to me. Which is funny because it's sort of like, hey, did you, did you watch the uh, NFL game on Monday? That soccer game was great. 
You know, I mean, like it's like they're, they're not they're not they're not connected. When you're talking about pre-snap penalties, when you're talking about beating yours, the Raiders over the last ten years have beat themselves so much. Now, I'm not saying I'm not arguing the other point. Again, mm-hmm. like you said, we host the show. I had the guest on the ethical skeptic several times. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. So I get it. I know the data. I'm just saying when it comes to beating yourselves, the Raiders have been the best in the league at it. And that's because of the things that they need to avoid that Derek Carr talked about. And I just like that these guys, and it's different. I just get a different sense how they speak about this and that focus than they did under Gruden and Mayock. So to me, uh, it's a, it's a very, very good sign. Um, All right. We're going to go to one more break here. When Mo and I come back, we're going to get into not a conspiracy theory. Mo's trying to make me look bad. Um, We're going to get into the numbers around the Hall of Fame game. Is it indicative of how the teams in the game will perform later in the year? Does it have some impact? Probably not. But we're going to get into the statistics and talk about that a little bit as we move forward here on Silver and Black today and Original odyssey podcast as you know uh again hit the hit the subscribe button whether you're on youtube or the podcast we appreciate that we'll step aside when we come back hall of fame game what does it mean we'll talk to you right after this don't go anywhere <laughs> 